Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Gives to Hayward. Switched on Lillard. Hayward spins in the lane. Fades back. Scores! It's 109 all. You are Locked On Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's Locked On Jazz for the 10th of October. Oh, goodness gracious, it started already. Gordon Hayward's injured. We'll try to make sense of it, see how big a deal it is, what the Jazz have to do, how it changes the rest of the preseason, plus some thoughts on Derek Favors not being in Los Angeles either. We'll touch on both of those, run around the rest of the NBA with some hot players and what was almost our first real NBA game this week. It is all coming up on this edition of Locked on Jazz. bum 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 how are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. I'm kind of chuckling because I just had kind of the funniest experience. Right, I'm going to share this. It might be silly. It might not make any sense. So I travel. Uh, you, we all know I like my coffee. I travel with what's called an AeroPress, my own coffee maker, and I make my first cup of coffee always in the room. So I have to always. So in this case, in our hotel, we don't have anything hot water. So I order up the hot water. I. I rookie preseason move i forgot to ask for a cup so then i'm trying to figure out what i'm gonna do well the aeropress is too big for the little tiny cup they give you in the bathroom so i have a plastic cup left over from uh an iced coffee yesterday because it's all about coffee and i promptly try to use that which the hot water the hot coffee comes into the plastic not only giving me cancer but um then uh, collapses, and now it's just a total disaster <laughs> all over the place in here. So uh, I don't know if that was funny or not, but it's kind of where I am right now. Uh, and I, I'm not sure I've recovered from last night's debate yet either. Uh, though I would say I was really uh, on Twitter, um, a lot of people, um, a lot of people were help game you know i was really interested like we, there was no quality to any debate that was going on last night right there's there was no actual discussion of okay so we've screwed up syria how we what should have we done differently what's another approach what's a pop i mean there wasn't one mention hillary gets a little wonky every now and then but really almost no mention of policy so on the affordable care act which you know trump kept calling a disaster yet at the same time it's down to eight percent i asked some questions i got some really good answers and and really what happen and don't worry I won't get big into it is I got a lot of answers from different sides of of experiences that premiums are way up and costs are outrageous and other people saying it saved their lives and which means that we have like a really valuable discussion and debate that should be taking place that like on one level something great's happened that 92% of our country is covered and then on the other end something terrible has happened that to get 92% of our country covered we are raising the rates making it almost unbearable for a large percentage of people so there's got like Wow, like that's the essence of discussion in politics and how we can make things work and no one's plan is ever perfect and we're so far beyond doing anything of any quality of that nature and it's such a bummer. 
Um, but I thought it was worthwhile. And by the way, for those of you out there that want me to be a robot who only talks about the jazz and never mentions politics, let me just be totally honest with you. Let me be totally honest with you. When you send that to me, you know what I've decided about you? I'm just going to let you know. And then you can unfollow me and never listen again and be pissed at me because I'm going to just tell you the truth right here. What I've decided is you're a small-minded person who can't handle other people's opinions that don't completely agree with you. And so, therefore, you'd like me to be quiet because if I don't completely agree with you, you don't want to hear the opinion. If I were to have said exactly what you think, you would never tell me to stop talking politics and only talk jazz. Just a thought. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's that you just don't want politics in your sports. But you know what? I really care about the world. I'm a political science sociology major. I think these things are really important. And so, therefore, you're never going to get me to shut up. I have different opinions. I'm probably far more diverse in my opinions than you think I am. And I think things through a great deal. So every now and then, maybe there's even value to me bringing up a question. But I want to thank the mo- the majority, actually the ma- vast majority, who gave really good, honest answers last night. Um, and there's such a difference. You can totally tell when you get an answer from someone that's not a talking point of of a news channel, uh, either any of them, compared to somebody who's sharing like knowledge and experience. It was great. So thank you. I became smarter because of you yesterday, and I appreciate that. All right. We got a bunch of stuff on the show today. I, maybe we should talk politics instead of uh, instead of the poor jazz. Um, but uh, today's show is brought to you by MySimplySmarter.com, which is a great uh, uh, program for uh Kids who, who need a little boost in school to, to help their processing and help their brains works the muscle that is the brain and makes it stronger. It's a really cool online program. I'll tell you more about that coming up. My Simply Smarter and SeatGeek. Good old SeatGeek. LO Jazz is your promo code for that. I do want to thank you. Last week was um, by far our largest listened week uh, since we've had good numbers. Uh, kind of blew everything out of the water. So that was really cool. Um, I really, really appreciate um the support. It's kind of crazy uh, to be building this network and to then be seeing this show and, and all of your support. It's It's been really, really exciting and kind of crazy. I'm going to go old school today on our pins across the world. I'm going to go back down to December or sometime of way past because I've got great people out there that didn't get their, their pins read, and I want to make sure I get to them here at some point. So let's go journey back in time to when people were sending me pins and I was forgetting about No, I was not. Um Pitting. Uh, the This one comes from Joey Orton in Sydney, Australia. I relocated from Zion, Utah to from Zion, Utah, like he's saying, Zion, yeah, to Sydney, Australia this past year, and the only thing that gets me through my rush hour commute for work is your podcast, so thank you. I've been a jazz fan since I was four. I would tell the world uh, following Knock Knock, who's there, Carl? Carl who? Carl Malone, ha, ha, ha. Um, my passion for Los Jazz started in third grade when I started playing junior jazz. So much pride came with that jersey. Basketball was life from then on. My jazz fan for life, no matter what, was cemented when Stockton sends the jazz to the NBA Finals. Uh, I couldn't stop jumping and screaming with my dad in our living room that night. I won't mention the Bulls because it just still makes me bitter. I used to hate every other NBA team with a passion, but kind of have softened me up. Your stats and insight on teams, players, makes me appreciate the game so much. I still hate certain teams, Lakers, but how I realize how incredible the NBA really is, it's hard not to respect the Spurs or the Warriors and how they've been built over time. I'm excited for our future and our newfound culture. We may never win a championship, but I'll be a Jazz fan until the day I die. That's from Joey, who is now in Sydney, Australia, listening to it on his commute. Uh, whenever 
that is. So thank you uh, very much. It's funny, the one that's right next to that, it says the road to 45 wins. And I'm actually venturing down that today uh, to try to explain how important the Gordon or tragic the Gordon Hayward injury is. So let's get into our tip-off story of the day. Obviously, it's the injury to Gordon. Uh, caught it in New Jersey at practice on Friday. I actually saw him kind of look down his hands and, and then walk off. Didn't think anything of it. Uh, but he is now out. Now, let me get a few things right on... You know, as stories get reported um, and various iterations of the story, um, you know, uh, as all uh, as iterations of the stories happen, then kind of single pieces get taken with it. And so one thing that's out there is so he I don't know if this really matters. He fractured his finger, not dislocated it. Um, The second thing is. The six weeks is maybe a, a likely or, a, hey, other people with a similar injury have had this. But it's not actually – I don't think anyone really knows that, including the Jazz. You know, um, obviously if something happens during the rehab that goes wrong, it could be a lot – could go longer. Um, if it gets hit in a certain way, if otherwise if things happen, there's a chance it could be um, earlier if – I mean, so that really nobody knows. Um, so, yeah, maybe somebody's saying – hey, I looked and saw other guys with single fractured fingers of six weeks, and maybe that's the ballpark. But I, I don't actually think uh, that that number is – does this make any sense? I don't think that number is accurate, though it may become accurate, if that makes any sense. Uh, big picture on this is not good. I mean, I'd love to sugarcoat it and make it seem something different and make it seem like, I, oh, it's really not that big. No, it's really not good. Gordon was just in incredible and still is incredible shape. He's ready to dominate. Uh, you've got a team that's trying to form with some leadership and personalities, and Gordon's going to have to take a leadership role that he's not entirely comfortable with, and now he's not on the floor to do it in the opening portion. I think that's the biggest loss is that as George Hill and Joe Johnson and Boris Diaw and integrate into this team and, and Gordon – is the primary dog and he's got to show that uh, he now doesn't show it. And now they've got to, you know, whenever he comes back, suddenly you're going through that process in the middle of the season. I think that's a, I think that's the first part. That's the biggest problem. Well, the biggest problem is not having talent on the floor. Uh, the second one that's the biggest problem is Joe Johnson's played 41,000 minutes. And if we're going to have Joe Johnson at his best abilities throughout the year, it's going to take an 82-game plan to keep Joe, I think, sharp and ready and, and rolling. And, you know, Joe would probably disagree. He's in such good shape and he's such a pro. But if he has to suddenly drop 30 a night early in the season because Gordon's out and Alec isn't back, that's a lot. That's not what was intended on how to use him. Now, it's fabulous that we have Joe Johnson because of the fact that it gives us a high-quality player to stick in there if that's how we – and I would assume that's what we're going to do with the lineup. Uh, but And we'll find out more in the next four games of preseason. But it, it is a burden on him. And I, I'm – you know, the one concern on Joe is uh, he was much better in Miami as a four than defending the threes. Uh, when he's defending the threes, that's been a little bit of an issue for him. As he's gotten older, he's been terrific at his size and weight defending the fours and almost impossible to guard. And so now we're going to ask Joe not only to probably have to play 30 minutes a night, uh, but instead also to guard a much more difficult position than he would have otherwise. So those are those are two big issues that I think have lasting impact, right? There's, I, we'll break this down here in a second. 
Um, but I think those have those have a lasting impact on on what happens uh, with the Jazz, and I think that's the the to me the the disturbing aspect um, of things. Uh, it also probably doesn't give Dante as soft a landing as we had hoped. Uh, you know, Dante is. You look at Joel Embiid right now. He doesn't look great. They're so excited about him. They can't even see straight. But he doesn't look very good if you go watch Philadelphia. Well, Dante looked better in Game 2 than he did in Game 1. He's going to look better in Game 30 than he does in Game 6. But now, all of a sudden, Game 6, he might have to play 25 really important minutes and and have part of the outcome of the game suddenly decided on him. I mean, right now, if you look at our roster, and if you're starting George, Rodney Hood, Joe Johnson, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, and this assumes that Derek gets all right. You don't have AB yet. Now we'll see whether we have AB by opening night. There's definitely some urgency. You know, your backup two right now is jo- or backup three is Joe Ingles, which means that Shelvin Mack becomes your backup point guard and Dante Exum becomes your backup shooting guard. And that's really not the position Dante's supposed to be playing, but it's and it becomes a pretty important role, um, because frankly, you know that's not what we had intended um, early on in this season was for him to play more backup point guard, be able to facilitate, do some things like that. Backup shooting guard plays a little bit different position, has to defend differently. Uh, so I mean, Alec getting ready becomes becomes awfully awfully uh, important here. I'm not trying to like. I'm just telling the truth. Like I could try to sugarcoat this for you. Make this is not good. Like now we'll talk at the impact. At, it's not good for a lot of the, that. The leadership issue, Joe's burden, Dante's soft landing. Um, uh, and I also think I don't think we were going to get there anyway. But I think it eliminates some roster flexibility. Uh, whether or not you are possibly going to move Shelvin Mack before the opening night and keep a different 15th guy. I'm not sure anybody's emerged of that nature or if there's anybody out there you'd want to go add, but I think that seems less likely now uh, with the injury and Shelvin becomes pretty important here in the opening uh, games. He might even slide over with his body and play some of the two. He's big enough to handle uh, some of that along the way. Uh, Trey Lyles should get actually, since Joe Johnson's probably almost exclusively a three now, Trey Lyles gets the backup four role and and becomes uh, any issues of him getting minutes is probably goes away. So you might decide that that's the, the one positive that, you know, here's a guy who's ready to go and we'll find out more about him rather than have him fighting for small, small four minutes uh, on this roster. So that's, I mean, <laughs> uh, coming up, we're going to look at, um, we're going to look at kind of what, what the impact is really. So, so there's the big picture that well, I'm going to dig into the schedule, talk about what we have to do to survive it uh, and that. But uh, let me tell you about my simply smarter. Uh, my simply smarter is all part of NACD, which is an Ogden based company. NACD is uh, a really a, a neat company. Um, one of those great kind of Utah companies, National Association for Child Development. For 37 years, they've been understanding how brains work, how to improve the brain of every child and individual. And MySimplySmarter.com is their program. It's an online program you can do anywhere you have a computer for 10 to 20 minutes, three sessions a week. Um, it's actually for anyone from ages 4 to 100, really. But for for kids is where I'm thinking that it would help your child more than anyone else, is it does some really neat things. Three different 
way I would think about it. So if your kid fits into one of these three boxes, then I think you should consider my Simply Smarter. Uh, It delivers personalized exercises. So it's customized to the kid. It helps build a strong foundation for learning. So it helps the ability to focus, process, retain, and analyze information. Pretty pretty vital. So this can help three different types of kids. So if you have a kid with learning challenges, that frankly was me as a kid, um, this would have been incredible for me, particularly because I didn't learn very well auditorily. I learned visually, so I could have focused it in on the computer screen in that fashion. Like, this would be amazing. So kids with learning challenges would be one. Dad, if you have a typical kid who you think hasn't reached their ultimate potential, could get a little better. Most of us could focus. Trust me, you've listened to the show. I could focus better, process better, retain better, analyze information better. And the third one that's really, really interesting that My Simply Smarter has done is worked with student athletes, particularly at Weber State, whereby improving the student athlete's uh, ability to take in information, absorb it, understand it, process it out, uh, then they have found that they get better performance on the field as well. I mean, really, students' ability to have executive function in the classroom parlays out to uh, being on the playing field and taking coaches' information as well. How do they do it? So mysimplysmarter.com, and then they sell packages that are monthly or yearly, family or individual. And if you use the promo code LOCK, they're giving you 20% off for life with a promo code. So all plans come a seven-day free trial. You can check it out. If it's not for you, that's fine. You don't get charged a thing. But you'll find out that it really, it's pretty neat. It's good time. It's enjoyable for the kids. It's on a screen. Uh, And parents, it's cool because you get updates to you via email or monitor. And so if they hit a hot new high score or something like that, you get notified. It's mysimplysmarter.com. Check it out. I think you'll you'll find that it's... um, worthwhile and help, can really help your kids both in the classroom um, and in the playing field along the way. By the way, with that promo code, it starts as low as $13 per month. So pretty, it's not, you know, it's not like, it's not outrageous. All right. Uh, so let's dig in here for a second on our schedule. So I have built, this is hard to explain, but I have built the road to 50 wins. And Ron and I did on the plane the other day. So the road to 50 wins is if you're going to win 50 wins and you play Denver four times, you're going to have to beat Denver three of the four. And if you're going to play Portland four times, you'll probably have to win one at home and one on the road split. If you're going to Minnesota, you probably have to beat three out of four. Oklahoma City, you're going to beat two out of four. The Lakers, to get to 50 wins, you probably got to sweep. Uh, Phoenix, you probably got to sweep. Golden State, you don't win any. Sacramento, you're going to probably have to win three out of four, two at home, one on the road. The Clippers, you'll probably have to split one on home, one on the road. Uh, Houston, we play three times, twice on the road, one at home. Probably only get one of those. Still can win 50. So I went through every single team. It has nothing to do with whether you're playing them in a back-to-back. It has nothing to do with uh, if you're playing them in the fourth game of a road trip. It's just quite simply, look at the quality of Boston. We play them twice. If we're going to be a 50-win team, and so what you do is you project it, and then it comes out to 48, and you're like, oh, I need two more wins. So you walk through, and so I've got us to 50. So with that said, if you look at the kind of two stretches of our schedule, we have six games right out of the shoot, and then we go on a five-game road trip. And I don't know when Gordon comes back. The opening six games are brutal. At Portland, home against the Lakers, at the Clippers, at San Antonio, home against Dallas, and home against San Antonio. 
And the way that comes out in those six games, I have the Jazz projected to 3.5 wins if they're going to win 50 games. All right, so you just said, how do you have .5? Well, when you go to Portland, you have to win one of the two. So to get to 50 wins. And so the first one, as of opening night, you're projected to win .5 games. At that point, once you've played them twice, it comes out to being one. Did that make sense? So we have three of those. We play at Portland, where we've got to get one of two. We've got at L.A., where we've got to get one out of two. And we have San Antonio at home, where we've got to get one out of two this year. And uh, to get to 50 wins. Now, frankly, we don't need to get to 50 wins. And 50 is a pretty astronomical number. It's just a nice round number to build this plan. And then we can kind of look at if we play at that level where we are projecting to throughout the season. Uh, and I think that's the that's the value of this. But so in the first six, we're really supposed to go about three and three, four and two. That that's going to be really tough without Gordon. But if we can go three and three somehow, beat the Lakers at home, beat Dallas, and steal one other game, and I maybe not, you know, maybe that's unrealistic without Gordon. Uh, but if we go two and four, you're a game and a half behind. So, all right, so you're projecting it. If you can play as a 51 team, you project out to 48.5 at that point. The next stretch is interesting because we play New York, Philly, Charlotte, Miami, and Orlando. And I do have three of those as wins. If you're going to win 50, you're going to have to beat New York and New York. You're going to have to beat Philly and Philly. And you're going to have to beat Orlando and Orlando. Uh, Charlotte and Miami are bonus. So somehow we've got to try to get three of those wins. And so really out of the first 11 games, you know, if we're at six, can get six wins and be six and five without Gordon, that's, I mean, that's better than I necessarily thought we'd be with, you know, I didn't think, I'm not sure I think we're a 50 win team, by the way. Um, Vegas line is 47.5. And I, I, I'm, I think I was probably right on it and might, might go under, uh, obviously with the injury now. So 50 is probably, you know, too high a level. Maybe I should take this to, down to 47 uh, and, and notch off three wins and just have it be the 47 road to 47 wins. But, you know, if we can, if we come out of that five and six, we're only a game and a half off is kind of what I'm saying. If we come out four and seven, you've started to lose some ground. Uh, but if we can kind of find a way to beat Philadelphia, beat the Lakers, beat Dallas, somehow get one other in there so you've got four we're still above water if you can get the fifth one in that stretch without if gordon doesn't play that whole stretch that would be enormous and if somehow we get the sixth wow uh but the takeaway here is that there's it's actually more important this stretch to have games that you know that you're probably going to lose it just is going to put a huge burden on us later in the year when we go to Portland, we go to L.A., uh, we have San Antonio home that if you're splitting these games, you know, where you're supposed to get one, if you lost them all early, then you have a pretty big burden to try to make up later, and that's the impact of an injury, uh, particularly an injury of a good player. So my takeaway here is, you know, really in that opening 11-game or six, yeah, 11-game stretch, if we can, if we can get four or five or four or five, uh, I think you, you're pretty pleased with it. And so that's beating the Lakers, beating Dallas, beating Philadelphia, and beating New York or Orlando, or both. And if we can get those, 
you're in pretty good shape. Anything else out of that stretch, bonus. And then if when Gordon comes back, hopefully Alex back, hopefully we're at full strength um, along the way. So that's that's my thoughts. Uh, a lot of people are asking about Derek. It's not good. I mean, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not going to. I mean, I think they're being precautionary and they're taking care of him and they're making sure he's all right. But it's not good. Like, there's nothing good about Derek not being on the trip and not being available. And it's a little discouraging that he worked so hard on his body to get his back right and everything. And the minute he started running and getting going and back into the the uh, the you know the work that suddenly he didn't feel as good as he did before. I think um, that's a little discouraging. He's a big guy. Um, you hate to have him play in pain all year. He was such a beast early. So hopefully that's, you know, they're very being very cautious about him. There's no need to push him through it. They have Nixon, the new director of rehab, is working uh, very hard with him. But it's still, you, you know, you'd far rather have him just be completely healthy and rolling, right? There's no, um, you just... You'd feel good. You just feel better if he was simply able to, you know, go. Uh, uh, and he's not, and that's that kind of sucks. So, um, hopefully, you know, we see him when we come back home here shortly, and things uh, catch up uh, in that regard. So, preseason game tonight against the L.A. Clippers, and I. The only question I have for Quinn is whether or not he changes what they're doing now. Knowing you don't have Gordon, we've kind of been calmly kind of working everybody into the preseason, but now is there a larger urgency on figuring out who's going to play where and how they're going to play? And, you know, Chris Johnson, who seems very unlikely to make this roster, comes in tonight's game, someone is the fourth wing, and I think you've got to play some preseason games without him. Because you've got to figure out whether or not Dante Exum, Shelvin Mack, George Hill sliding to the two is uh, a mechanism that works. Or is Dante Exum as your starting point guard and George Hill as your two the right answer for how to go forward and have Joe still come off the bench? So, and then, so I think it's a very, uh, uh, there, there's a lot to be learned in these next four preseason games that I'm not sure we really realized was going to be a part of the equation here in the early going. So uh, we'll, we'll see whether or not uh, if Quinn does approach him differently. You'd hate to break your plan because of an injury, but I do feel as though suddenly these are probably more important uh, games than we have otherwise. Uh, if you are heading to any of the sporting events, you know, if I was here today, I could be trying to head over to see the Nationals and Dodgers. And if I was going to do it, um, I would want to do that on SeatGeek. Uh, SeatGeek is a app on your phone. Just download the app, and then it compiles all of the tickets from all across the various platforms so that you are able to uh, choose what you want, uh, which tickets you want. So here's how it works. You download the app, and... Look at all right. Let's let's actually take an LA example. Utah is playing UCLA on uh, October twenty second. It showed up on my SeatGeek app because I'm in LA, so it's a good one to show you. And you're going to come out to LA to go see the Utes play the Bruins after the Utes' great win. Well, so SeatGeek is going to take all of the seats from all of the different people out there, put them in one app for you, then you're going to be able to look at them. Then you can say, then it rates every ticket for you on what 
the value of that deal is. So the best deal out there, the amazing deal, is a 90-ticket value, 100 would be the best, in Section 24 at the Rose Bowl. How awesome is that? And you're down about 20 rows up, it looks like, and it's $40 a seat. If you want to be back a little bit, uh, 20 is like right on the corner of the end zone. So let's say I want to sit actually more midfield. Section 18 is $100 a seat. SeatGeek has it for me there. I could also, at this point, this game's not until October 22nd, so I could set up a price alert and say, hey, if anything drops under this number and these, I want that, keep me updated. It's a really cool app. Check it out. Download the app for and then enter go to settings and enter the promo code LO Jazz. That's L O Jazz. And when you download that, then you'll be able to uh see all of the uh different options for you. And when you use your first purchase on L O Jazz, then the really cool thing is you get a twenty dollar rebate sent to you from SeatGeek. So check it out. It's all at SeatGeek and the SeatGeek app. Put it on your phone. You'll find out that you use it. Uh kind of excitingly, and it makes your life easier. All right, uh, interesting news, kind of a few things around the NBA before we wrap up. We're at the 30-minute mark. Uh, the Rockets played New Orleans in uh, China, and it really was an NBA game. It was pretty fun. Uh, Harden had 26, Eric Gordon had 24, 123 points scored for Mike D'Antoni's team. They are really going to score. I think that's a top five um, a, you know, top five offensive team in the league. I, I'm going to put together my pack ratings a little bit. Um, I have a project I want to work on with my pack expert. Uh, but I'm going to put together my pack offensive ratings here pretty soon for the season and have those for you as we get closer. Uh, I've got another project I've had our broadcast assistants work on, which I think there's an interesting one, is if you just rank the top players in um, – the way SI and SB Nation, everybody ranked the top players and then see if, you know, the top four, what order people come out, top three. I'm going to work on that as well to kind of judge where these teams. But I think Houston very easily could end up being the, the fourth or fifth seed in the West with their offense. Uh, and they showed it. Etwan Moore had 25, by the way, for New Orleans. Someone's got to score when they're going up and down. It was Moore. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, right after Luke Walton criticized him for not being aggressive enough, had 33 uh, in a game, and then this was my favorite. So if you go to, uh, there used to be, it used to be really easy to find. Now the NBA.com new sites made it very hard to find. But the NBA.com does something called a shoot around, and it has kind of a collection of stories that are going on. So these are the two headlines I loved. Um, Kings guard Ben McLemore is wowing Coach Dave Yeager so far in preseason, and according to a report, Minnesota Timberwolves have high hopes for Ricky Rubio. So in other words, we're going to talk about how great these players are. In to you about closed practices that you don't see so that we can try to trade them as soon as possible. That was my interpretation of what that was. That is today's show. Remember to check out for your kid mysimplysmarter.com. Promo code LOCKED gets you 20% uh, off for life of your program. And SeatGeek, thanks to the sponsors uh, along the way uh, today. That has been Locked on Jazz, a 30-minute Monday edition. Hope you're great. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.